just, um, I don't know, let's just outstretch our hands and just take a moment just to focus on the presence of God. Oh, Father, we just praise you and we thank you for making us one with you. Through your son, Jesus, we thank you for um, making him the way so that we could experience your love and that we could have eternal life, which is to know you and your son, Jesus. And so we just focus our attention right now on you, Lord, and we just... uh, We welcome your presence here tonight. We welcome your presence, Father, wherever, whoever is listening and wherever they are right now, God, we just, we just, we just say yes to your presence, yes to your manifest presence in our lives. And so we just say more. We just drink in your goodness tonight. We just take big gulps of your glory tonight. You are worthy of praise, Jesus. You are worthy of honor. And we just bless your name tonight. You've been given a name above every other name. And so we just exalt your name tonight, Jesus. Thank you that your name is healing. Your name is deliverance. (laughs) Your name is peace. Your name is heaven on earth. And so we exalt that name. Over whatever we might be facing today, Lord, we just thank you that your name is greater than that. We have a hope and we have a future because we know you. (laughs) And we've been filled with the power of your resurrection. And so I just exalt you in this moment. And I just thank you, Father, that your word is life, your word is truth, and that we can do what the Bible says we can do, that we can, we are who the Bible says that we are. And we have what the Bible says we have, God. And I just thank you that tonight as we press in to your presence and to your word that we're hearing from heaven. Lord, I pray that you would just speak right to the hearts of every listener. You know what's going on in their life. Father, you know their deepest desires. You know their prayers. You know their needs. You know the obstacles that they face. You know the giants in front of them. God, you know the call on their life and what you are, what you are teaching them in this season. Father, to be how to be an overcomer, how to be triumphant in the midst of whatever they may be going through. God, I thank you that the greater one lives in them and that tonight we are being encouraged, we are being empowered, we are being strengthened, we are being edified, and we are, we are being enlightened by your spirit tonight. God, we just receive what you have for every single person tonight, Father, by faith. 
We just receive words of wisdom and words of knowledge and prophetic utterances, God, for people. Lord, we receive healing tonight, God. We receive freedom. I'm just taking a moment to pray, Father, for every listener. And I just declare this is the day of salvation for them, God. This is the day of deliverance. This is the day of breakthrough. And I just release a spirit of faith. I release a spirit of hope. I release, I declare that hope is rising. I declare that faith is rising, God, even as they're listening, even as they're here tonight, Father, I just thank you. There's an impartation of your glory. <laughs> Going over the airwaves now, filling up the atmosphere here, God. I declare that every atom is charged with your glory. I declare the unseen realm that is saturated with your presence is tangibly manifesting on every person's body, every person's soul, every person's spirit, God. I just declare right now that the glory is rising. I declare that the river is rising. And so we praise you tonight. We glorify you and we exalt you. We say, have your way. Have your way tonight. We just lay whatever agenda, <laughs> whatever worries, God, whatever cares, whatever burdens, whatever needs we may have. We just put them at your feet tonight, God. Just like, just like Mary. And we just sit. We just sit at your feet. We just sit at your feet. And we glean from you. You have the you have the you have the words of life. You are the bread of life. You satisfy our longings. You satisfy our hearts. You are our source. And so we just sit and receive. I do. I really feel like tonight is a night of just receiving. Oh, sometimes we get so busy doing and we get so busy thinking. (laughs) We get so busy trying to figure things out or just we step out of that place of childlike wonder and childlike rest. And somehow we just get disconnected from the source of life, from the source of our joy. Even though we're never disconnected, we just, our awareness shifts and we get distracted. And so I just, I don't know, I just feel like Jesus is putting his hands on your little face tonight and, you know, just getting you refocused on his face, getting you refocused on what he's speaking, what he's saying, what he's doing. You know, he is, he's the captain of your salvation. He is the leader, the author, the finisher. He's, he's the preeminent one. And we just, we just get our eyes back on you tonight, Jesus. We focus on your smile. Thank you, Lord. And even just tonight as, as you just are being touched by the Lord, just, Just imagine with me that the Lord just, you know, has his hands on your face. Just receive what you need from the touch of God tonight. I mean, the woman with the issue of blood touched his garment and was made whole. There is a, 
There is power in the touch of Jesus. There is healing in the touch of Jesus. There is deliverance and peace, comfort. You know, I feel like a lot of times my job is just to just kind of help you stay focused, reconnect you to the source of your life. You know, Jesus said, apart from him, we can do nothing. But we're not apart from him. (laughs) We are grafted into the vine. And we are one with him. But it's just easy to get distracted. It's easy to forget what's real. It's easy to let our our consciousness trick us and fool us into to thinking that making us think we're far away or we need to seek his face or something when he lives inside of us. <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to we don't have to look for him. Amen. We just have to become aware of him. And so we just focus on you tonight, Jesus. And I, I, I also just feel the Lord is saying, you know, come to me. <laughs> you can hear me. I, if I'm your source for everything that you need, make sure you come to me. Ask me questions. Take the time you need to get refreshed and to get your head on straight. <laughs> Let me calm your fears. Let me infuse your thoughts with my thoughts. Let me bring you up to my level of thinking. Let me reassure you. Let me, let me encourage you. Let me remind you of who you are. <laughs> let me, let me, you know, pick up the mirror of the word and show you, you. You are my righteousness. You are my holiness. We are one. And it's just a thought away. Your freedom is a thought away. (laughs) The truth that sets you free is a thought away. My thoughts, infusing your thoughts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I just... um, I want to remind you that all things are possible with God. I want to remind you that we serve a God for whom nothing is impossible. It really doesn't matter what you're facing. doesn't really matter what situation you're going through right now. We serve a God who is able to do anything. And a lot of times it's really easy to, I don't know, just stay focused on problems. It's easy just to get pulled out of the spirit by the circumstances of life, by the things that we are dealing with on a daily basis. But you and I are not mere human beings. We are not called to just walk through life like mortal men and women. We are called to live supernaturally. We are called to see the unseen and interact with heaven that surrounds us. 
You know, you are filled with the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, not because you can see it, not because you can perceive it with your five physical senses. It's, It's true because it is the truth. You know, and the truth is a funny thing. It's true whether you're aware of it or not. However, you don't experience it usually if you're not aware of it. And so tonight I just feel like this is a, a, just a really simple adjustment. I think sometimes we make things really, really complicated and we feel like, oh gosh, you know, I'm so far off track or, you know, I made these five choices that, you know, the worst choices of my life or I made these mistakes or uh, I missed God. I don't know, but just somehow you feel like you get off track. And really, walking in the Spirit is nothing more than just being constantly aware of what is true, constantly aware of the unseen realm, constantly aware that you are not a mere mortal. And so when it's just like you forget. Just okay, so if you forget, guess what? Just, just remember. <laughs> just, just remember. Have a new thought. Hey, I'm one with the King of Kings. I've, I... Uh, I live inside of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ lives inside of me. I've been joined to the Lord, and I am one spirit with him. Nothing in all of creation can separate me from me from him. And then just, just thank him for the angels that are encamped around you, and just begin to, just to, just begin to open your eyes. Let the Holy Spirit enlighten your imagination. I always tell, ask people this question. It's hilarious to me, really. But how often do we think about where Jesus is in proximity to us? I mean, I know he's in us, but he's also with us. The Holy Spirit's on us. I mean, so it's like, where's Jesus? Is he, is he driving in the car with you right now? Is he sitting beside you? I mean, we have the cool thing about, you know, there's maybe just a few people here in Woodland Park, but we have listeners from all over the world. I got an email from a lady this week in Ghana who's been listening to the podcast. Talked to a lady from the Netherlands this week. So, I mean, there are people from all over the world listening. We are connected in the spirit right now to people all over the world. And it's amazing, really, the power of technology. But I'm saying this because wherever you are, no matter what time zone you're in, no matter where you're listening to right now, I just want you to just close your eyes. If you're driving, don't do that. But if you're not driving... Amen. Close your eyes. And I just want you, I just want you to, you know, a moment ago I said Jesus was holding your face. So he's with you. He's with you. Paul, the apostle Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and that you would know the hope of your calling. And enlightened eyes are eyes that see the unseen. And they operate by faith. You know, every week, when I'm with Emerge students, they're always like, well, Shalise, how do you know this is real? How do you know you're just not making it up? And I just say, well, how do you know it's not? How do you know you're not making it up? Everything in the kingdom works by faith. Everything in the kingdom works by faith. And Elisha prayed for his servant. Remember when they were surrounded by the Syrian army? <clears throat> and Elisha said, there are more with us than be against us. And his his servant was terrified because they were surrounded by a physical army. And he just said, you know what, Lord, open his eyes. And all of a sudden, the servant's eyes were opened, 
And there were chariots of fire lined around the place. And I'm telling you, there are angels encamped around you. There are, there is more going on in the spirit right now than you can, than you really can imagine. You know, I remember when I was called into ministry, I had a, a series of open visions and I remember this guy praying for me. And when he laid hands on me, it was kind of exactly the prayer. I don't even know if he laid hands on me. You know, I just prayed. But it was like, he, I don't, he didn't pray the prayer of Elisha, but the same exact thing happened. I was just sitting in a car at a parking lot in a gas station. And this friend of mine, Jeffrey, prayed for me. And I'm sitting, as I'm sitting in this car, all of a sudden I go into this open vision. And I see these angels standing in the parking lot of the gas station. But it's weird because when I say I saw them, it was more like I knew they were there because they were moving like at the speed of light. And so it was kind of like I could just see a little bit. of It's like I could see the movement. And every once in a while, I mean, this is a silly, it's a very silly analogy. But the movie Twilight, like when they run really, really, really fast, and then like they're like in that, you, you see them and then you don't. You know, it's kind of like that. Like if they were still for a second, I could tell it was them, but it was like a vibration even. I know. People are like, you watch Twilight? Yes, I watch Twilight. I have not a single religious bone in my body. But anyway, these angels were standing there. And there was these ones that were going up and down, up and down, up and down. And it really looked like they, as they went up, they turned in like little beams of light. It almost looked like stars coming and going, coming and going. And I'm sharing this because it's not like when Jeffrey prayed for me, all of a sudden the thing, this, this scene assembled. No, it was going on. And all that happened was my eyes were opened. And I'm telling you, our number one problem is that we walk around unaware of what's going on in the spirit realm. We walk around uh, asleep to the realm of the spirit. And that is where you were designed to function originally, you know, if you, and I always say this, if you just keeled over right there, wherever you are, don't do that. But if you were to do it, all of a sudden you would be totally aware of the real, what is actually real, what is actually eternal, what actually outlasts this temporal realm. And, you know, I have another friend who, had an experience where God just opened his eyes. He, 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 he went through a season where like everywhere he went, it was like he just was totally seen in the spirit. He said it was a little terrifying because, I mean, he would go to the grocery store and he'd see like he'd be, I mean, he would like, I mean, this is intense, but, you know, he'd see in the spirit like people with like an ax through their head and it represented like a spirit of murder that they were dealing with the spirit of murder. And so he was, it's called the discerning of spirits. But it doesn't just mean you're discerning evil spirits or even that you're discerning angels. It means that you're discerning the spirit realm. It's a gift of the spirit. It is a gift for believers. And it, and, and it is also called walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit, I mean, what do we think that actually is? 
Do we think that's just like hearing God's voice and, and obeying God's voice? I think that's part of it. I mean, do we think it's getting revelation from the word where, you know, we're being led by the Holy Spirit as we're, you know, reading the Bible? I, I do. I think that's part of it. But I think walking in the spirit is a way of life. And it's a way of life where what happened at the fall has been reversed in our life. Because, you know, when, when Adam and Eve ate of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what they were eating of is a way of life that is based on sense knowledge. It is based on the five physical senses. It is based on human reasoning. It is based on independence from the Spirit of God. It is where you become the judge of right and wrong, where you become the determining uh, ruler of your own life. Uh, it is ruled by a spirit of fear. As we know, because as soon as they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and, good and evil, it says that their, their eyes were opened, which meant really that their spiritual eyes were shut. And then immediately they were afraid. They all of a sudden became self-conscious, self-centered, right? They hid from the presence of God. They were afraid, <laughs> right? They were filled with fear, and it was a, a way of living. The Bible calls it be, to be carnally minded. And in Romans chapter 8, it says to be carnally minded is death, right? It means, it, what does death mean? It just means total, just separation from what, from life. Death is separation from life. But when we are, when we walk in the spirit, first of all, we are reconnected to the tree of life. We are reconnected to the realm of the unseen, and we are designed to be led by that. We are designed to live in that realm. Shalise, how do you get back aware of it? How, you know, it's interesting. The way, that, the way that I kind of noticed this is in Romans, like I said, in chapter 8, it says to be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded is death. So there's this contrast between being spiritually minded and carnally minded. And one is death and one is life and peace. And so let me say this. You can discern whether you are walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh or walking according to your carnal mind by the level of peace that you have. (laughs) And if you have lost your peace, well, you have lost your eyesight. (laughs) and all of a sudden you've gotten trapped into this seen realm like this realm is all that there is. And you are now having to rely on your own human reasoning and your own thoughts. Somehow you've, you've, you've swallowed the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and are deceived into believing that somehow you are separated from God. More than likely, you're self-conscious, and self-centered. More than likely, uh, you are. You may be struggling with condemnation. You may be struggling with all kinds of wrong thoughts about yourself. Because see, when you're walking in the Spirit, you have life and peace. You, you know what you're walking. You're walking in the Spirit. It doesn't just mean that you're walking in the Spirit realm. It means you're walking in Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit lives in you and you are, you are living in the Holy Spirit. So there's this, you are walking in the spirit of life. You are walking in the spirit of peace. 
And so really all that's happening, okay, what happened at the fall, let's just say this, it was a perception shift. It was a shift in their perception. It was a, a, percip- a shift in their ability to perceive truth and their ability to perceive the unseen realm. And it was a shift in the way they were dominated by the seen realm. Right? So I started tonight by saying, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus in your proximity? And how, how long can you stay aware of him? Throughout the day, right? It's kind of like, where is Waldo? You ever seen those little puzzles, like, and you look at them, and, you know, it's like this crazy complex drawing, and you're looking for this Waldo character, right? Well, I'm saying, where's Jesus? Well, your first answer, even if you don't see him in the spirit at the moment, is, hey, he's in me. Your first response should be, he's in me. Well, that's a first good reminder right there. Where's Jesus? In me. Just, just to remind yourself of that reality all of a sudden starts to shift stuff, right? And a lot of times what I do is I just thank him. I just begin to thank Thank you, Jesus, that you live in me. Thank you that we're one. Thank you that you know every thought I think. Thank you that I might feel separated from you, but you don't feel separated from me. <laughs> you know even what I'm feeling right now. You know what I'm struggling with right now. I, you know, a lot of times I don't even, I don't even, I love the thing about my relationship with Jesus is that I don't even have to talk with him. He knows what I'm thinking. Like, I don't even have to explain myself. Sometimes, you know, I feel confused. And so I don't even have to try, you know, you know when you're confused, it's like you don't want to explain yourself because you're just confused. So you just can say, you know, you know what's going on with me. You know better than me what's going on with me. You even know why I'm, why I'm confused and why I feel this way and what I'm struggling with. I mean, you just, it's, it's a comfort just to remind yourself, where is Jesus? Oh, he's in me. Right? That's the place to start. But then you know what? I, 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 I really believe it's awesome because if you'll, if you'll start to connect to that realm, and I wish I brought my journal tonight because I was just journaling this morning. Just a lot of times I'll just ask the Lord, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to see? What is it that you want to reveal to me right now? You know what I need. You're my source. You know where I am. You know what's going on with me. What do I need to see? What do I need to hear? What do I need to know? Holy Spirit, be my helper. <laughs> Help me. Be me. Help me be who I am in you. Make the reality of our union real to me. Bring me into a place of manifestation of the truth. This morning I was just kind of spending time with the Lord. I'd drinking my coffee, reading, went back to bed with my coffee. And the Lord began to remind me of just, an, just different encounters that I've had with him. And he reminded me of this one, and I've shared it, you know, on the podcast before. I've shared it, you know, in conferences. I've shared it different places. But it's this encounter where I was ordaining someone. It was kind of an unplanned ordination. We were in the middle of a conference, and I laid my hand on uh, this particular person, and the Lord was just like, ordain this person right now. I was like, wow, right now? Like, in, you know, in the middle of right, just right now? And he was just like, yeah, right now. <coughs> so... I said, okay. So I just laid hands on this person, began to pray over her. It's pretty interesting because 
I just ended up falling out in the spirit. Here I am leading a conference, right? And next thing you know, I'm on the floor along with the person that's getting ordained. Well, thankfully I had a team that (laughs) was used to my antics. And so they could just come up and take over and lead the service while I'm just down out on the floor, you know, and you know, if you, if somebody falls out in the spirit, don't go like try to get them up and tell them you got something to do. Right. I mean, obviously the Lord's doing something. So not that you would do that, but I mean, some places I would know would do that. Anyways, I was laying there. I, I, the, the whole encounter was basically about these glasses of this liquid were all over the place. They, they look like these high tech, these high tech glasses. They were, they remind me of iPhone glass. They were white on the, it was white on the outside, silver on the inside. It was a, it was a very, um, I don't know, just futuristic looking cup and they covered the floor. They covered every surface in the building. And the liquid that was inside of them was like water, but thicker. It reminded me of those wave machines that were like slow-mo in the 70s. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. I don't even know if they sell them anymore, but I just remember it like my babysitter's house had one when I was a little kid. And they were the slow-mo water, and it made like waves. And anyway, this water that was inside, this liquid that was inside these cups looked like that slow-mo water. But it was thicker than water. And these angels were having me drink these glasses. They were just pouring these glasses down my, down my throat. And I was so just out of my mind in the spirit. I mean, I couldn't have got up if I'd wanted to get up. It was just like the weight of the glory of God was all over me. I mean, I think I was probably drooling on myself. I mean, I was just out of it. And I remember I was there for a really long time. <coughs> Excuse me. And when I came to, <laughs> I started sharing about this encounter. I sat down and I started sharing about it. And I could still just see these glasses everywhere. And I remember there was a lady in the conference who just was like, I'm going to get in on this. So she picked up one of the glasses, you know, pretended like she was drinking it, or you know what I'm saying, just by faith drank this invisible pretend glass or whatever that was sitting on her, on her, on her table, and it dissolved her gum. She was chewing gum, and her gum dissolved in her mouth. Now, this was an incredible example of the reality of the spirit of the spirit realm. See, we have been so programmed by the world system. And we just, you know, we just have so much entertainment. We have so many things to distract us. I mean, we, you know, we live if you live in America especially, I mean, we just live in the, you know, everything you can find something to entertain you. We got 24/7 Netflix and you know, we can go to Starbucks and pick from 200 different drinks. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's like a, an overload of sensory, uh, input, <laughs> you know, but you, we can, we, we actually can forget that this is when I'm talking about this stuff, this isn't just like, I'm trying to hype something up. Like let's believe in the unseen realm and let's remember who we are. I'm telling you that spiritual matter is real. Angels are actually real. 
these encounters that you have with God are, even though they seem imaginary. I mean, when I was laying on the ground with these cups everywhere, I mean, my eyes were closed. It's not like I was having some a physical experience. It was a spiritual experience. I mean, it might have just been in my imagination. I could have thought, oh, I'm just making this up. So you do, it does, you do need to, to learn to get off of this intellect, to get off what is reasonable, to get out of this, your head and out of like this adult, wow, you know, so, what am I trying to say? Refined and and serious or just, just, you know, so logical and practical. Uh, because the spirit realm is not logical and it's not practical. It's, it's completely illogical. All things are possible and it's not practical. It's impractical. All right. It's not logical to think you can get out of a boat and all of a sudden walk on water. It's not logical to think that if you go fishing and you pull a fish out of the, out of the lake that you're going to open up its mouth and there's going to be money in there enough to pay your taxes. Right. It's not logical to speak to a dead person who's been in their, you know, grave for three days to come forth. It's not logical that they're going to come forth. You're not going to go and learn this at Harvard. Right, you're not going to learn this by the, the from the world system, and so it's really you really do have to just get out of that intellectual realm for a minute and and really step back into this place of Holy Spirit. Whoo, this carnal mind is, seems to be occupying my head at the moment, but I, I but I'm spiritually minded. What do you want me to see? So this morning, the Holy Spirit is just reminding me of this. You know, I remember a couple days later, I was having a devotion time, and, well, that, I'll say this. When I went home from that conference, these glasses were everywhere. I mean, they were like on my bathroom vanity. They were in my kitchen. They were everywhere. It was really like a kind of like twilight zone. It's like you couldn't escape them. In my car, on the dashboard, on the seat, on the little console. It was like everywhere I went were these glasses. And I remember... I was in my devotion a couple days later after the conference and the Holy Spirit was like, why have you not been drinking from these glasses? And I was like, dude, I can't function. Like I was drooling on myself. Like I, how am I supposed to function if I'm drinking of these glasses all the time? And immediately the Holy Spirit said to me, and I want you to listen to this as though it was a word for you because it is a word for you tonight or the Holy Spirit wouldn't be having me bring, think of it, bring it up, wouldn't be talking about it. He said, where I'm taking you, you are going to have to stay awake. Where I'm taking you, you are going to have to stay awake. And then he immediately brought a scripture to my mind from Ephesians chapter 5. And specifically in the Amplified Version. And here's what it says. It's Ephesians. I'll start... In verse 15, well, I'll start in verse 14. It says, for this reason, he says, awake sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the most of your very time on earth recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. It says, therefore, 
Don't be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18 says, and this is the one that he spoke to me that day, do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. I love that in the Amplified, stupidity. It says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is the Amplified. It must have been the Amplified Classic version. But it, let me just go there. Amplified Classic. They don't have it on the, my, my little app on my iPad, so I've got to go to the, I gotta go to the internet to grab it. So hold on one second. So it's Ephesians 5, 18, in the Amplified Classic version. Here we go. Let me read it to you now. It says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. It says this, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. So the part that was highlighted to me that day was this phrase, be filled and simulated with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when you are stimulated, I like to think of, of stimulated as like, you know, when you drink coffee, right? It's a stimulant. Well, the Holy Spirit, and you know what, why, why we drink coffee? We drink coffee to stay awake. Caffeine is, it helps us stay awake. Well, in the same way, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it causes us to stay awake. And so this encounter that I was having with all of these glasses filled with this liquid was about being stimulated, being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you would stay awake. And so do I really think that in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to, you know, drink out of these pretend glasses with, you know, slow-mo water? Do I, do I believe that there's something, you know... Um, I mean, obviously, there is something to it because it dissolved the person's gum. So I'm not discounting it, but I am also saying that being filled with the Spirit is a spiritual reality regardless of whether you have been given a sci-fi slow-mo cup to drink, right? For you, it may be, I don't know what you do to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's worship. Maybe it's praying in the Spirit. Maybe it's putting on... Uh, you know, a meditation of the word. I don't know what it is that the Holy Spirit has helped you to do to get filled with the Holy Ghost. But for me, I got some slow-mo water. And, you know, the funny thing was is it's everywhere I go. You know, it's like wherever I am, the slow-mo water's there. So I believe wherever I'm, I'm talking to you on the podcast, you're here tonight, you, have, you feel free to drink, freely drink of the Holy Spirit tonight, beloved. Just drink, 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 yeah. And and here's why. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up to the will of the Lord for your life. Wake up to where he's leading you, to what he's speaking to you, to what he's showing you. There is so much he wants to reveal to you. He is there is so much he wants for you to experience. I tell you what, it is hard to be depressed when you are awake. I mean, it, you know, the, the spirit realm is an incredibly joyful place. I mean, you can just hop on up to heaven right now. Go to your secret garden with the Lord. I mean, check out these flowers. Check out the meadows. Check out the rainbows. Check out the birds. Check out the beauty and the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. There is so much 
beauty and glory in the spirit realm. Now, you, you may be listening to me like, Shalise, what in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about living the same way that Jesus did. I am not talking about some weird form of Christianity, right? I am talking about living in a place where you can see what the Father is doing, where you can hear what the Father is saying. I mean, when Jesus went through 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, being, I mean, just, you know, tempted by the devil, tempted and just a constant, just attack on his identity. Are you the son of God? Prove it. Are you the son of God? Are you who God says you are? Prove it, prove it, prove it. You know, after that was over, it says the angels came and ministered to him. I mean, they ministered to Jesus's physical needs, to his, his emotional needs. I mean, there is a ministry of angels. You have supernatural help. You have a supernatural realm that is available to you. And so this isn't some weird, you know, way of life. I mean, in Ephesians, when Paul said, awake, sleeper, right? Awake from the dead. I mean, what does he really mean, awake from the dead? I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not writing this letter to dead people. You know, that'd be silly. I mean, he is writing it in a sense to dead people because we've been crucified with Christ. But he's saying, arise from the dead right? He's saying, get up out of this place where you are living like you are dead to the spirit realm. Wake up to the resurrection of Jesus and what that has accomplished for you. Because that is what's required for victorious living. It is just absolutely required for victorious living. We are called, and not just victorious living, peaceful living, joyful living, It says the righteousness, it says that um, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So when we are connected to to the kingdom, which we already live in, we already have been translated from the kingdom of darkness. We've been put into this kingdom. We've been put into an invisible realm. We might as well partake of it. We might as well start living like it is actually the place that we live instead of just the natural realm. And everybody, I'm saying this, all of us, all of us have to stay awake. And and the first part of that is recognizing when you're asleep. And I said earlier, you know when you're asleep, you know when you're, if if you, you know the difference. Maybe you're not recognizing the difference. Maybe you've been so used to living in the natural being led by your physical senses, being carnal. Maybe that's been your your habit for so long that it feels like the more normal way or the more common way that you're living, but you know the difference. And if you don't, well, then it is time to drink from the Holy Spirit. You know, but worship. When you're, when you're getting, when you're hearing the voice of God, when you are in that revelatory realm, reading the word, you, you know that it's a flow. There's this flow that starts to happen. And you know what? You can flow in the grocery store. You can flow anywhere. Anywhere you can flow. I mean, there is grace for every single thing you have to do in your life. Why? Because Jesus is with you. Jesus is going grocery shopping. Jesus is pumping gas at the, you know, in our place, loaf and jug, 
right? Jesus is driving to work with you. Jesus is watching television. I mean, like, there is grace for everything in our lives. And so it's a simple adjustment. Jesus is in me. Jesus is with me. Where are you, Jesus? In me. Okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to see? What do you want to show me? What do you want me to know? Now, I'm going to kind of keep going with this in a little bit of a a direction. Um, this week I posted on Facebook. If you're, if you haven't liked my Facebook page, do because I'm, uh, you know, I do. I'm doing Facebook lives there twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons, and I'm posting regularly. But this week I, I posted something that I again was in one of my times with the Lord in the morning, and it was, it was basically a reminder and a, a suggestion to go back and listen to the podcast from January seventh of this year, because in that podcast which you can, if you're listening to this one, you can go get the January 7th one. It, it was basically an, a teaching about the Lord from Romans 4. And it was, a, it was a, a prophecy over our lives for this year that says 2018 is the year that we are going to get fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. You know, Abraham... When he was fully persuaded, what did he get fully persuaded of, by the way? He got fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised. Right? And so as we get fully persuaded that God is able to do in our lives what he's promised. Let me say it a different way. When we get fully persuaded that we are exactly who God says we are. See, when Abraham was fully persuaded that he was the father of nations. That's what he was fully persuaded of, that God was making him the father of nations. And when I say the year of being fully persuaded, that's the year of God making you what he, who he says that you are. And God said, this is the year. Now, why am I sharing that in the context of staying awake? I'm saying that because part of staying awake, part of what Holy Spirit wants you to know And the reason he wants you to stay awake is because you are who he says you are in that realm. (laughs) In the unseen realm, in the realm of heaven, in the realm of the spirit, you are exactly who God has said you are. You know, it was interesting when I, when I shared earlier about the vision that I had when I was called into ministry and I saw these angels and they were ascending and descending and ascending and descending. Whew. Um, I knew by the Spirit that what they were doing, these little busy boys, they were busy. Like little ants, busy, busy, busy. And the Lord said, they're going to arrange everything that is tied to your yes. What yes? (laughs) My yes to Jesus. My yes to my assignment. My yes to the call. My yes to who I am in heaven. My yes to why I was born. The angels were going to do it. And it's interesting because earlier, you know, I don't know that I I, I recognized at the time that this didn't just start happening, you know, right at that moment. I believe... (laughs) You know, in the same way the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, that my yes has been known since the foundation of the world. I believe that from God's perspective, my, li- my life is finished. 
in the same way Jesus' life was finished from the foundation of the world, I believe our lives were finished from God's perspective from the foundation of the world. Why do I think that? Well, in Ephesians, you know, Ephesians chapter 1 is actually, it's kind of like Genesis 0 because it talks about what was going on before God said, let there be light. And it says this in verse 3, it says, Blessed and worthy of praise be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. It says, Just as in his love he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own, read this part, it says, before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy, that is consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight. It says, in love he predestined and lovingly planned for us, to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with his kind intention and the good pleasure of his will. I could keep going. It says, to the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he also freely bestowed on us in the beloved, his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'll tell you, if you just took Ephesians 3 through, I mean, 1, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6, and just meditated on this, this thing is powerful. I mean, think about this. Genesis 0 is like what this is. Because number one, it says that we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms in Christ. Now, I know the religious spirit wants you to make you think that spiritual blessings are like holy blessings, like they're, you know, they're things like, you know, contentment, right? Contentment, holy contentment. No, spiritual, you know, are just things that are super like nice, you know, but no, spiritual blessings just mean they're not, they're not in the material realm yet. They're in the heavenly realms in Christ. They're invisible blessings. Your inheritance is an invisible inheritance. Jesus has purchased all things pertaining to life and godliness and giving them to you. And it's, we don't need these things in heaven, y'all. We need these things now. And here it says that he chose us before the foundation of the world. So my point is, is that when these angels were going to prepare everything for my yes, from God's perspective, I am exactly who he says I am. And I have been exactly who he says I am from the foundation of the world. Who does he say I am? Well, one thing he says I am is holy. One thing he says I am is blameless in his sight. One thing it says here that I'm consecrated. I'm set apart for him. And it says he planned for me to be his child. So I'm also his child. It says here that I would be purpose-driven in the Amplified Version. So God already sees us as these things. Now, I get that you may not be behaving, you you may not be behaving out of your true identity at the moment. You may not be relating to yourself as who you really are because, number one, you're walking around like a dead person, asleep to the spirit realm, asleep to who you are, and asleep to what is real. But that doesn't change what is real. Now, here's what it will change. It will change your experience of what is real. Because guess, 
if you read Abraham's story, thank goodness he started giving praise and honor and glory to God and grew strong in faith as he did that and became fully persuaded because when he became fully persuaded, guess what happened? He had an heir. And not just any heir. heir of, he had an heir that would lead to an heir that was heir of the world. And so there is a link between staying awake and becoming fully persuaded. I really do think the January 7th podcast will bless you if you go back and listen to it. But it is imperative, beloved, just like the father of faith, that we see what is real, that we see ourselves the way God sees us, that we relate to ourselves, and that we, we be led from that place. Because see, what is possible for you isn't, isn't about the carnal you, right? You are not, the carnal you is just a human being. It's just, it's just the human nature of you. There's, not, there's nothing bad about it. It's just limited, it's limited. You're, you're, you're limited in your own personality. You're limited in your own physical body. You're limited in your own human intellect. But you are more than your physical body. You are more than your physical intellect. You have the mind of Christ. And you have five spiritual senses in addition to five physical senses. And you can be led and interact with an invisible realm. And learning how to do this is what it means to become a mature believer. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And the sons of God, by the way, are the very thing that the seen realm is crying for. So the seen realm is actually moaning and groaning that you would stop looking at it like it was the only reality. The seen realm is groaning for you to wake up to the unseen realm. The seen realm is groaning for you to be led by the Spirit, your Spirit and Holy Spirit in constant communion, in constant communication, in enlightened eyes, seeing angels, seeing the direction of the Lord. And it is truly as easy as getting in your bed and drinking a cup of coffee and journaling. Actually, you know, it's not a, it's not a 40 day fast. It's an awareness. And it's a, it's a, it's a prayer. It's a, it's a Holy Spirit. What do you want me to see? What do you want me to do? It's a faith that you can see. You know, I've been training prophetic teams now for well over 15 years. And what does that mean? It means that I train people to basically prophesy and interact with this, with the gifts of the Spirit and, and interact in that realm on demand. Meaning you can stand in front of any person you meet anywhere, anytime, 24-7 and say, God, what do you have to say to this person? And you're going to immediately connect into that and be able to prophesy over that person. And I have taught all ages and I've taught people that said, I can never do that. And I can say, yes, you can. Are you born again? Do you, does the Holy Spirit live inside of you? Well, then you're connected to the one that actually is doing the ministry. The only thing you have to know is how to actually receive that. And the way you receive that is through your imagination, beloved. It means the Holy Spirit's going to probably show you 
some kind of like little movie picture or maybe an image of something, a mental picture of something. You're going to probably think that's you. Why? Because it's your imagination. He's probably, he's going to speak a thought into your thought. You're going to think it's you because it's your thought. It's coming through your brain. It's going to, it's going to feel like your thought. And you, beloved, are going to have to step out in faith and start talking. You might have one word. You might have one little picture. But you're going to have to step out. And I have seen time and time and time and time again, people become proficient, proficient in prophecy. Some people get so proficient in it, they forget that it was me that, act, that they actually learned it from me. <laughs> I think that's funny to me, but that's not that I need the credit for it. But I'm just, it's awesome to me that you can get so good at it that you forget you weren't ever good at it. I mean, that is phenomenal. That's like the best testimony. And that's, the reason why that's a such important training is because that is a part of how you interact with God. And sometimes we just, we just haven't been trained. We haven't been taught. And I'm telling you, it's as simple as an imagination. It's as simple as sitting down with your journal, you know, with your cup of coffee, with your Bible, and just being like, I, I really wish I brought my journal today because it was just really simple. Good morning, Father. How are you? Hi, Jesus. Glad you're in me. And, and I, 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 the reason I even, it's not like I was so, I'm so like holy all the time, even though I am in Christ. But my, my point is the reason I took time out and just even did this this morning is because I was feeling overwhelmed. You know, I live a life where there is too much to do. Like I could stay on a hundred miles an hour every hour of every day and probably still not get accomplished everything that I could get accomplished. And so whenever I, for me, it's not, it just, it's a feeling I'm not in peace. I feel overwhelmed. I've only got so many hours in the day. What do you want me, you know, I, Lord, I need to be led by the spirit because that's really the only thing that matters. You know, your to-do list is not God. Oh, let me say that again. That's for somebody. <laughs> Your to-do list is not God. I'm not saying that it's not Holy Spirit inspired, which it should be, but guess what? That doesn't give you an excuse not to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. So here I am overwhelmed. So I thought, well, this is not, this is not good. See, I, I don't like an ounce of carnal mindedness. I don't, I don't like the feeling of it. If it's a, if there's, if it's just a, it, it can, sometimes for me, it's a, if you've never read Joyce Meyer's book, Battlefield of the Mind, very powerful mind. There's a chapter in that book that talks about when does your mind normal? And I think sometimes we've lived so long with abnormal emotions. When I say abnormal, I mean just negative, negative thought patterns, negative self-talk, uh, feeling confused, feeling depressed, feeling anxious, feeling uh, overwhelmed, feeling um, all kinds of negative things. And, and we, we just tolerate it in a sense, meaning it's not our portion, beloved. I mean, God is not the author of confusion. Uh, God is not the author of being overwhelmed, right? God is not the author of depression. God is not the author of anxiety, right? I, I, and, and when we, these are like, it's like an instrument on your car dashboard, when you have these, these, you know, overwhelming for me is me, 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 carnal, carnal, carnal. 
right? Mind of the flesh, mind of the flesh, mind of the flesh. Shalise's intellect, human reasoning, asleep, right? Walking dead person, you know, and so I just, it is miserable to me. I don't like it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a drive for me to be like, okay, I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to get my journal and I'm going to get some relief. For me, this is about pain relief. This is about the spirit realm where there's life and peace. This is about, I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk that way. I'm going to walk in the spirit. And really, it's an incredible thing to just, Spend five minutes with the Lord and recognize you're not overwhelmed anymore. Because he's the source of peace. And your, your source of peace is not from anything going on externally. Whatever was causing you to be overwhelmed is something external. Right? And so just, wow, okay. You know? And for, you know what his instruction was me today? Today? Don't do anything. Just rest. Just rest. Just rest, you know? And, you know, sometimes it takes faith to rest. Do you know? It takes faith to rest because you know what? Your to-do list is, is talking. Your intellect wants to pull you into it. Here's the thing. We are not called to a kingdom of toil. We are not called to toil for our provision, for our, we're not called to toil to take care of ourselves. You know, God can do in five minutes more than a year of work can accomplish. And here's where I was going with all this. I, I love the Holy Spirit because sometimes I think, I wonder if he just lets me talk and then he gets me back on track. He's just, I hate him hearing him laugh. He's like, he likes my preaching. All right, Holy Spirit, thank you. He's funny. He's the only one that can preach through you and listen at the same time. But that's a whole nother mind twist. Um, but here's where I was going with this. Um, man, I've covered a lot of ground today. And you may have to, well, I know the Holy Spirit's going to bring bring to you what he's speaking to you. But here's a very important point, and it ties back in with everything I've been talking about, it ta- it, about staying awake, about the angels ascending and descending, and my yes being before the foundation of the world, and from God's perspective, it already being finished, for being fully persuaded and being like Abraham, uh, where you are in agreement with God and who he's called you to be and living out of that identity, all of that to say this. Staying awake is how you become fully persuaded. And it's also how you see things, not only about yourself, but it's how you see everything from God's perspective. And what is God's perspective? It's finished. Whatever you are believing God for right now, whatever promise you are standing on, whatever goal you have in front of you, whatever obstacle you are called to confront and overcome in this season. From God's perspective, you've already done it. And when you are awake, God shows it to you that way. 
<laughs> Remember when Joshua was going into the promised land and they were going, they were about to go uh, into Jericho. And before the battle ever started, and I can go to Joshua and read it for you, but before the battle ever, before they ever went in, and we know it really wasn't even a battle because they just had to walk around the city, but before that ever began, the Lord took Joshua and had him overlook Jericho before they ever went into it, okay? I'm going to find it here. I'm just going to go to Joshua here so I can read it rather than just tell you the story. So it's in Joshua 6, I'm thinking. Yeah. So it says this in Joshua 6. Now Jericho, a fortified city with high walls, was tightly closed because of the people's fear of the sons of Israel. No one went in or came out. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, Boy, if you've got a Bible right now and you can highlight that or your iPhone or something and just highlight that word see, I'm telling you that is a powerful point. See, I have given Jericho into your hands with its king and its mighty warriors. Now I'm going to stop here for a second. Because when you are awake and when you are becoming fully persuaded and you're seeing yourself and you're seeing the things that God is calling you to do and the goals he's set before you, one of the most powerful reasons you need to stay awake is because you've got to see that what is God has called you to do, the assignment that he has on your life, the goals that he has for 2018 for you, the promises that he has you standing on are all ready finished. You've already got it. It's already done. In the spirit realm, it is finished. Your future is now in the future, in, in the, it's done in the spirit realm. And so when God says, see, he's saying, see it done, child, see it done. Okay. Now until you see it done, you shouldn't move. Because if you start moving without seeing it done, you're going to be doing it in your own strength. You're going to be achieving the goal like a mere human. You're going to be checking your to-do list, making your plan, doing all this stuff. Why? Because you're, you're operating asleep. You're being led by the human mind. You're being led by good leadership principles. But when you see... Guess what the next thing you're going to hear is a strategy. Because after the Lord told Joshua to see, then he said this. <laughs> now, you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. You'll do this once a day for six days. Also, seven priests will carry seven trumpets made of ram's horn ahead of the ark. And on the seventh day, you'll march around the city seven times. And the priest will blow the trumpets. When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall cry out with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down, and the people shall go up, each man straight ahead. I'm not reading every piece of it. I'm just making a point here. After he showed Joshua the victory, Then he gave him the strategy. And by the way, it was a supernatural strategy. 
your goals are going to be accomplished supernaturally. Now, I, I, what, what the Lord's bringing up right now is this Veronica Winston thing that I share a lot. Bill Winston's wife needed a job and how she <laughs> got a four by six index card out and the scripture was, my God shall supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. And she wrote down on this four by six card everything she desired in a, in a job. The Lord says, when you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. And so when you are delighting in God, go ahead, have some desires. So she wrote them all down on the four by six card. And the story goes like this, you know, she prayed with uh, Pastor Bill Winston and they touched and agreed and said, okay, I've got the job. I've got the job. And somebody came over like a week later and said, hey, Veronica, did you get the job yet? She said, yep. She hadn't got a job in the natural yet. She said, yep. They said, where is it? She said, I don't know, but I got it. Why? Because the moment she had written that stuff down on that four by six card, she saw herself as employed. That is no different than the moment that God came to Abraham and said, you're the father of a nation, Abram. Change your name to Abraham. Go out, look at the stars. Look at the, the sand on the, on the seashore. That's how many descendants you're going to have. Not well, Pat, 99, 100 years old. He's talking to Abraham like this. That's no different than Abraham saying, where's your child, Abraham? Uh, you got it? You have a son yet? And Abraham saying, yeah, I have a son. Where is it? I don't know, but I got it. The point is, is that you can't relate to your goals and to the future that God is calling you into like it hasn't happened yet. Because from God's perspective, it's done. This is a complete different way of thinking. We are taught by the world system that things in the future don't exist until the future comes and we see them in the natural realm. But in the kingdom, things don't happen like that. In the kingdom... Things are finished before you start. (laughs) So staying awake is so very important because if we are asleep, you know what it looks like for for, uh, Joshua if he's asleep? It looks like you're standing there looking at Jericho like it's not defeated. Like you've got to go into this city now and you've got to, you you know maybe you're having it maybe you're coming up with a natural strategy we're going to flank to the left and flank to the right and guys you climb over the wall and you get you cover us in the back guys and we're going to we're going to charge Jericho and we're going to take the city but your your his your relationship to that battle is one of it's not done and number 2 all you've got is human strength and god's way is no you see it from my perspective, I, I'm, you're in heavenly places with me, child. And from my perspective, it was finished from the foundation of the world. And from my perspective, this battle's done. You're victorious. And by the way, I'm the one that brought the walls down. Let's not be confused about whose power and whose strength is bringing this to pass. This is not about, let me tell you one of Abraham's biggest battles, I believe. And this is something God's been really really just solidifying in me this year. 
Abraham's battle was about getting his eyes off himself. You know, in Romans 4, it talks about how he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own, his own impotence. Meaning that he just continued to magnify God over what would have been considered his own weaknesses. Because this, at the end of the day, this was not about Abraham. This was about God. This is what, what God was going to do to Abraham and through Abraham in spite of Abraham. Does that make sense? This was about God revealing himself as God. And what, was, what made Abraham righteous was just the fact that he believed God was who he said he was. Abraham was not some special level of greatness. The reason he's great is because God made him great. The reason that we know his name is because God made us know his name. And I really like it in um, the, the message translation. There's a particular, and I'll, I'll wrap with this. It's a particular translation of in Romans that I want to read to you, and it's out of the message. Listen to this. <laughs> We call Abraham, this is verse 17, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. It says, isn't that what we've always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as father of many peoples. Here it says, Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. Abraham was first named father. See, there are, there are things that God has named you. There are labels that aren't Gucci. It's not Louis Vuitton, right? It's not about a, it's, it's a, it's not a, a label in clothing that you wear that identifies its maker. It's a label on you that identifies your maker. And he has called you some things. In the same way he called Abraham, he's called you some things. All I did was say yes. I just said yes to who God created me to be, to who God called me to be. And now, I am that. You are this. Not because you're living like a saint. Not because this is not about your righteousness. This is not about your self-ability. This is about God's ability to make him, to, to create what he created. To manifest you as who he created you to be. And so the, what is the lesson here? It is about getting agreement with how God, that's the only thing we're doing. We're just getting in agreement with God's idea. That's it. That, I mean, that is it. Those who do believe do enter into rest. Meaning, that's it. <laughs> you believe, then you can rest. It's the only thing to do. 
And it says that Abraham grew strong in faith as he gave glorified, as he glorified God. What does that mean? That he, he became fully persuaded by magnifying God's ability and just ignoring his inability. It says here, Abraham didn't focus on his on impotence in verse 19 and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. So he didn't look at his past. You know, so this is for you. Don't focus on what you are in the natural. Don't focus on your natural experiences and your past and your failures and how long you've been in the stuck and what the, the, the blah, 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 blah. No. It, in another translation, it says, when there was no reason for hope. So I don't care what reason you have to be hopeless. This isn't about you and what you've done or haven't done. This is about God being God. And being fully persuaded just means you are in agreement that God's able to do what he has planned. So kind of a full circle night tonight, talking about being awake, talking about the importance of staying awake, the importance of not not living like a, a mere human and and getting trapped in the seen realm and recognizing when you do feel overwhelmed or you do feel confused or you do feel anxious or you feel anything that's not righteousness, peace, and joy, that you recognize, whoa, I, I, I dozed off. I'm taking, I took, I'm sorry, I took a cat nap. I didn't even know, if, I, how did I fall asleep? You know, when I was fighting depression years and years ago, and I mean, I had diagnosis, I had mental things, I had therapists, I had all kinds of stuff. But I was learning to, to, to live from a place of enlightened eyes and, and, and learn. I was waking up. And I remember when God said, you know, a scripture from uh, Timothy, I think it's 2 Timothy, and it says, you know, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I remember just having a, it came with an imagination. It came with a little flash of a mental image. But it, more than that, it came with like this deep knowing that there was nothing wrong with me. That what was happening is that I was being, it was like an atmosphere. It was like a depression, almost like in the spirit. Like, you know, they talk about a high-pressure system, a low-pressure system. It was, you know, a depression's coming in. Well, that's what it was like. It was like it was an atmosphere of depression. And so I began to recognize this. Stop owning this. Because the owning of it was what was getting it inside of me. And so I stopped owning it and I started resisting it. And how did I resist it? I resisted it with that scripture. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And I just started saying, there's nothing wrong with me. I might feel right now this depression. I'm fine. Whew, I tell you, sickness is another one. Physical illness. There's so much temptation to start to identify with what's manifesting in your body. The symptoms, the x-rays show you this. I mean, in the natural, I mean, I'm not denying its existence. What we are denying is its right to be there. 
and we are resisting it in the same way that I resisted depression. You know, you are, you're resisting that and saying, no, I'm not in agreement with this. This is not who I am. By his stripes, I am healed. Who I am is healed. In the same way father was, I mean, Abraham was labeled father. There's a label on your life that says healed. There's a label on your life that says holy, that is righteous. There's a label in your life that says rich. There's a label on your life that says uh, uh, whole. And you, we think because we're experiencing something less than that, that that's what's real. But Jesus, he proved over and over again that what, what we see is subject to change. He just enforced what was true. So, Father, I just thank you that this was a word in due season for people tonight, Lord. And this is a, this is a wake-up call. That this is a, this is a Holy Spirit wake-up call. And I thank you, God, that they're awake now. I thank you that they can see clearly. They can hear clearly. And that you've been talking the same time I've been talking, and you're going to keep talking. Because they're not being led by Shalice. They're being led by the Spirit. And so the Spirit's not going to stop talking just because the podcast ends or they, uh, you know, go on to the next part of their day. I thank you that you're right there with them. And I, I thank you that they can see you and Jesus. If they, if they forget, you know what, they can just say, where is Jesus? Oh, yeah, he's in me. So, Lord, I just release an impartation to be and stay awake. And Lord, I thank you for the strategies that you're going to give them. I thank you for the victories that you are going to show them that are already finished. I thank you for the labels and who you've called them to be, Father, that they're going to see clearly. I thank you for helping them get the vision, however they need to get it, Father. If they need to get a practical uh, picture, like you gave Abraham the stars and the sand, you'll do that. If it needs to be something... uh, a physical reminder, whatever it is, Father, you will you will provide what they need. And so I just bless them, Father, and I call us walking in the Spirit straight into the manifestation of what you have for us this year. In Jesus' name, amen.